podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello guys, what is going on? Daniel Childs back here again for another edition of Let's Talk Chelsea. Hope you're doing well and keeping safe on this Sunday. Hope you've had a good weekend, chilling a little bit. No Chelsea this weekend to ruin our mood, which has been a positive. And some of the reports, at least from a personal perspective, over who is likely to be Chelsea's next head coach is quite positive and exciting for me. And that's what today's episode is going to be about. If you are new around here and want to see more Chelsea content, make sure to hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell so you don't miss any of the uploads on the channel. If you are listening on the podcast feed, thank you so much for tuning in. Son of Chelsea is a part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. Please do leave us a positive rate and review. It really does help the pod out. Let's get into the news. Uh, And it seems like in the last few days... Some of the candidates have started to fall down, particularly the the top two for quite a while now. It felt like Julian Nagelsmann and Luis Enrique were kind of the top two, or at least that was the way it was being reported in the media. In the last few days, we found out that both of those are kind of out of the running now. Luis Enrique more being linked with the Spurs job and then Julian Nagelsmann, a lot of reporting on Friday that he had pulled out of the race and kind of a disagreement between him and the Chelsea hierarchy based on maybe what the Chelsea hierarchy were looking for with the new head coach and what he was expecting to get and maybe was expecting to be in work a little bit sooner and not wait till the summer. So that in itself has a lot of different, you know, two sides to every story. And I think there are a lot of people, as as usually the case in these scenarios, will take the side that suits what they already believe. That's not that much of a surprise. I think that, you know, Nagelsmann was a really strong candidate. I like him as a head coach. I'd be really excited to see what he does next. Hopefully not going to Spurs. If he goes somewhere else, I think that'd be really interesting for me. But I I do think he would have been a a good choice. I really do. And and as you know, if you've been watching my channel, even though he hasn't been my number one choice, um, he was definitely number two. Suddenly... In the last few days, my personal pick, Maurizio Pochettino, has now apparently become the favourite. We've heard Vincent Company, who's done an incredible job at Burnley this season, got them promoted back to the Premier League, has been another name linked. But it seems like Poch is now becoming the favourite internally at Chelsea. That's the way it's being briefed. We will see if there's another twist. But this is the latest report from Matt Law today and that the idea of Pochettino is basically exciting Chelsea players. Although the arrival of Pochettino, as Matt Law reports, would not be good news for all Chelsea players, though, as the 51-year-old would back plans for a clear-out to cut the current 31-man squad down in time for the start of pre-season. Pochettino is at top of a short list that has been cut down to three alongside Vincent Company and one unnamed candidate. Chelsea had been fearful that Poch's association with Spurs could be a difficulty, but those worries have now been subsided significantly and the Argentine is not thought to see it as an issue and he has not yet been contacted over the vacancy at Tottenham. Moving on now to uh, Rob Prattley, uh, definitely a guy who should go and follow, done some great reporting uh, around Chelsea over the past year. He says, furthermore, Pochettino's conversations have focused around fitness concerns in particular a need for a settled squad in pre-season and a manageable schedule he has made it clear he is willing to work with current assets whilst also not being afraid to cut players out he goes on to say i understand two of the main points pochettino has impressed the club on is his roadmap for levi colwell and michaelo mudrick the former is viewed as an integral core of the defense whilst pochettino has expressed his belief the latter can become an extremely effective goal scorer pochettino you know, is my favourite. He is the one that I want to take this role. And um, way back in September, now feels like a very long time ago in Chelsea history, given what's happened. 
Instinctively, I wanted Potts to replace Thomas Tuchel too. That very quickly was shut down and it became clear it was going to be Graham Potter. This has been a more far process and they've gone through several candidates. Just to go through once again why I think this is the obvious choice and I think is the best candidate out of the ones that have been linked to the job is mainly it comes down to the profile of the squad we have, what Chelsea needs to do to get back to some sort of footing and also the experience that Pochettino has in his own career and track record. I think all those things combined put him top of the list above the likes of, say, a Julian Nagelsmann who sure has had some very good experience in the Bundesliga and it's it'd be naive to just kind of write that off and say that's not a consideration like just because you've done brilliant work in the Bundesliga that doesn't count for anything it should count for a lot but compared to Pochettino who of course has, has some very good work and a track record at Southampton and also Tottenham but also has gone to a, a massive club like PSG or at least a club that has a lot of political scrutiny around it and dealing with superstars that was a I'm, I'm sure a very informative period in his career as much as Spurs was but it's more looking at that Spurs period and looking at the way he developed younger players, which Chelsea are hoping to build around. Those are the, like key things for me you were looking at because what I like about this potential, and I have to stress potential appointment of Maurizio Pochettino, it's not a massive diversion from what I think they were going for with Graham Potter in the sense that they are looking to invest in a younger squad. They are looking for someone who is going to develop over a period of time, maybe have that communication with the hierarchy a little bit more. But you do have someone in Pochettino who has a very strong track record at a club that isn't a massive jump comparatively from Brighton to Chelsea, from Spurs to Chelsea. It's not. If we're just talking about Premier League, of course, he's going from PSG to Chelsea. If you're looking at his previous job, it's not the same. You're not. It's not quite a culture shock, or at least you wouldn't expect it to be. And I do think there are key things, just like Rob Prattley has mentioned there in terms of players that could benefit from Pochettino coming in. The likes of Levi Cowell, who has to be implemented now back into our uh, first team squad after being loaned out last summer to Brighton. Mikhailo Mudrik and creating an exciting and effective team. I think that is one of the big things Pochettino has to do. And when you're investing in players like Mikhailo Mudrik, it'd be such a waste and you know, we've seen this with several attackers over recent years, the accusation at Chelsea that they just have not been used in their best, most natural roles or the roles that they thrived in that kind of inspired Chelsea to buy these players in the first place. And you you bring them into a different environment, but then you don't use them in the ways they thrived before and get surprised when they don't perform as well. That is something that I think is key with a player like, say, Mudrik, who is a little bit more raw, can be developed. But Pochettino has expressed, I remember him saying it when he was doing World Cup coverage for BBC, he was saying, he was being asked about sort of young development and, you know, do you throw, throw players young um, into the first team, even in pressurised situations? And he said, listen, you know, if they're good enough, they're old enough. That's the, the simple thing. And he proved that at Spurs. And, and I think that the interesting thing for me, looking now at some of the articles around Maurizio Pochettino, and particularly this uh, video that I definitely suggest go and watch. I'll leave a link in the description box below. It was a piece he did for Sky Sports at uh, Monday Night Football where he was with Jamie Carragher and he was going through what he did at Spurs comparatively to Southampton. And just looking at this graph that I put up on screen now on YouTube, um, that as you can see, distance per game from the 2013-14 season. So this was the season before he went to Spurs with Southampton and Southampton were top of that list. Uh, Tottenham were 20th. So that was the difference. That was extreme difference in clubs and kind of culture and style that he was taking over. And then the second graph, I think, is really impressive too. It's looking at high, highest distance run per game in completed Premier League seasons since the 13-14 season. And the four they pick out 
is of course the last one uh, in 1314 with Southampton and in three with Spurs which was his second season 1516 where they finished second his third season and fourth season which was 1617 and 1718 so just to show the the impact he has and what he kind of desires from his team and you know that lack of intensity that has not really been there at Chelsea is so key I think to create a very much a, a more progressive team an intense team a team that feels like it is going at the throats of the opposition I feel that Chelsea have been lacking that particularly at Stamford Bridge I'd love to see Pochettino try and create something like he had at Spurs at kind of hopefully a, a more successful level is what he was able to do, particularly, I, I always think back to the 16-17 season where at times Spurs were ch chasing Conte's Chelsea down and the way they were able to overwhelm teams with their energy. There is a danger with that kind of approach that, as I think it happened at Spurs, undeniably, it runs out over a period of time and you need to refresh the squad or sometimes maybe you do need to change the head coach if ideas kind of run out after a while. But when it's at its peak, which it was at Spurs and, and as was proven by Pochettino, it can be very, very impactful and it can overwhelm teams. It can create a lot of the players within that system to become highly productive, develop a lot of the way. The best years of Deli Alli's career, for instance, came under Maurizio Pochettino, very much a player he wanted to develop. And I think that, you know, Rob Prattley, going back to his piece again and kind of what he, he pointed out that, Pochettino in the early years of Son at Spurs who he brought to the club from Bayer Leverkusen was kind of pushing and pleading with the club's hierarchy not to sell him after an underwhelming first season and you look at the benefit that has had to not only Pochettino but also Spurs over the last five six seven years however long he's been there now so I, I think there are many factors where I look at players I look at the style that could be implemented just looking at here this is the, um, once again, another graph from Sky Sports looking at the 11 that was played uh, by Maurizio Pochettino in the 2016-17 season. So this is when he was kind of getting towards his peak with Spurs, or at least that team that was challenging for the Premier League title. 4-2-3-1 um, was kind of the, the setup he used. As been pointed out by other people, at times it was kind of inside forwards, which is something that has been a frustration to me, but worked very effectively um, with Spurs and particularly Ali and Kane, the way those two linked up that season and Ali being able to run in behind Kane at time and, and almost act as a second striker and it was really really effective a very solid midfield of Wanyama and Dembele aggression physicality that ability that mobility to overwhelm I thought the way he was able to use the two fullbacks in Walker and Rose there was a period where Trippier too who of course is doing wonders now at Newcastle was very effective for Pochettino too at Spurs so it was just a combination of creativity, I think intensity, a lot of those things that are still important today. You're not dealing with someone I think that tactically your concern is behind the times. The style of play he was implementing at Spurs, I think is still as effective today. Um, it's not a case of, of him bring, him coming in like a Jose Mourinho, for instance. My reservations are, and, and same with Conte, is more of a defensive risk-free approach. Um, Pochettino is maybe a little bit more of a balanced approach at times but he does like to be on the front foot and does like to get the best out of players and, and want to express themselves particularly from an intense point of view and players are going to have to work very hard under him which is good you know just picking out some Chelsea names who I think will be important and, and maybe he'll lean on is Reese James obviously right back or right wing back uh, Wesley Fofana I could see being a key part of his team Benoit Badiashile obviously Ben Chirwell I could see again kind of him utilizing that width of those two players a lot more consistently in his team to get those overlaps to get them involved in the final third on a more consistent basis Enzo Fernandez obviously I could see as part of a double six it'd be interesting to see if Pochettino does come in what Chelsea do in central midfield because I do think we need a defensive midfielder to go alongside Enzo Enzo Fernandez and give Enzo a little bit more license and then in, in the front you've got players like Mason Mount who I hope will be 
convinced to stay at Chelsea. Mikhailo Mudrik, who we've already brought up. Uh, Nori Manawake. I do think maybe Raheem Sterling may stick around. I, I think it's unlikely maybe he moves on. He has been listed as one of those players who could leave. Uh, but if we're just focusing on the younger players and also the players coming in, Christopher Nkunku. And you do think with Nkunku, I'd, I'm intrigued to see whether... It, sometimes he's lazy to go, well, he's done this at one club, so he's going to do it at another club. And we are talking a few years ago now. But Nkunku is kind of a free spirit at times. He isn't refined and sort of defined to, to one role. Could he play a role behind a central striker? What does that mean for other players? And who would be the striker that Chelsea would be looking to target this summer? That in itself, I think, is a big conversation to be had. Uh, but these are all key things. I really like Pochettino. I really hope it gets done. And I hope they announce it soon. I wouldn't like it if he comes in before the end of the season. Just personally, I think it's right that Frank gets... The key thing about Frank coming in for me was just to give him his, his send-off at the end of the season that he didn't get as a player at Stamford Bridge and also not as a coach when he got sacked the first time. So I'd like to see Poch come in, obviously, in pre-season, but at least make that announcement before the final game so there's not any confusion. And it's nice to see those talks have ramped up. I do also just want to say, you know, again... it. it it kind of links to some of the reporting I've seen around Julian Nagelsmann and it was kind of said early on oh you know is it just a stitch up with Nagelsmann have they already picked Nagelsmann as their first choice and it's going to kind of be this rubbish process where we're going to get to Nagelsmann in the end that's not how it happened and also again people talking about Todd Bowley and the criticism of his involvement in all of this based on solid reporting from the likes of David Ornstein from the likes of Matt Law they are leaning on the sporting directors, sporting directors who suggested that it was time to part ways with Graham Potter and they took that opinion and, and acted on it. And I also think with, with this, it's also leaning on their decision making, even if they did maybe favour Nagelsmann or you've got someone like Christopher Weibel who's worked with Nagelsmann in the past and Lawrence Stewart too. You've also got other people in there who were looking maybe at Pochettino and thinking this is the right fit. So using that expertise that they've invested in is obviously the right thing to do. And then they're of course going to get the final say because they're owners of the club. That's kind of, I don't know why people have a problem with that. It's great that they've gone through a fire process because they had to to try and get this decision right. And I do think with Pochettino, with the caveat, with the key thing that they have to cut down the squad and also make shrewd signings in key areas, those are obviously two key things. But if you get those two right, I think there's a potential for Pochettino to be a really, really good coach for Chelsea and to develop a team that can start to look a lot more effective, a team that I think people will get behind and also hopefully get Chelsea back to where they feel they should be. And even for the bragging rights that he didn't get Spurs of maybe winning a trophy with Chelsea as well, which would be quite funny. So those are my thoughts on Pochettino kind of becoming the favourite. What I think he could potentially do. Let me know your thoughts on a potential appointment. Do you like it? Do you dislike it? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. You can follow me on Twitter at Sound of Chelsea and I'll see you again very soon. All the best. Podcast Network.